0: Welcome to this week's episode of Talking Tolkien. This week we're only talking about one chapter, reminiscent of last week. What happened was we were getting ready for this episode and we realized we were talking about about 50 pages worth of books. We decided to cut the lighter chapter and just talk about this crazy battle that happens between the last remaining elves and Morgoth at Angband. So we, it's chapter 20 of the Silmarillion that we talk about on this week's episode. So, enjoy. Of the battle where everyone got screwed over. Mm-hmm. That's, what this, that's yeah, what this should be so called. Baron, <laughs> and Luthien,
1: Baron and Luthien return to corporeality. They're but, both. They're both people. But Meliana's like, "Oh, you don't have a soul anymore. This is more pain than I've ever experienced in my entire life." Because <laughs> now,
2: when Luthien dies, she's just dead. And then Baron and <laughs> just Luthien, like the like, rest of men,
1: Baron and Luthien, like wander off into the woods and have a child. They name the child Dior, just like the fashion house. And nobody ever hears from them again, nor knows when or where they died.
0: Yeah, that's like that's like that's like maybe like three lines with yeah. them involved where they're like and this happened the thing you were so invested in the last, and they died and whatever no one could find their bodies they're great
2: it was just a nice little liaison from the previous yeah, and chapter
1: I'm, Dior but, does become the yeah. heir of Thingol mm-hmm.
0: I do find it funny that it's not like at the end of the previous chapter <laughs> it's not at yeah. the end of the chapter oh, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. but, but you know, it kind of makes sense because you're left on like a good note of like oh and everything went okay you know someone lost a hand but then it's like but then it's like in the beginning, the and they they died or whatever, and no one knows. What now moving on to some <laughs> horrible, sh- you know, some horrible stuff.
1: <laughs> moving on to uh... so Matros catches word. <laughs> He's like, wait, it is possible to recapture a Silmaril, and Morgoth is weaker now than ever. Let us raise a giant army of all of Elfdom. <laughs> oh God! To
2: plus some some men as well, and and
1: also in one line the dwarves. But you know, yeah, that was weird. Mm-hmm. There's literally like a single reference in this chapter to the dwarves, and it's the first reference we've gotten to the dwarves in about eighty pages. Really
0: long time, yeah. I mean, they and they, they they came up, and then it was like, oh, I guess they're here. I actually we'll, kind of missed they were dwarves at first.
2: We We'll see a little bit more of the dwarves too. But, uh, but yeah, so Maedros is, you know, calling all of these, a, as many people as he can, saying... I think
1: I think he has hand in me. He's like, man, <laughs> this is, one-handed human could do it, but I, the one-handed son of Feanor, could not.
0: Gotta get this down. Yeah.
2: <gasps> so, however, though, remember that Mor- uh, Morgoth, Maedros and his brothers are still clouded, kind of, by this oath of Feanor... Uh, and all of the repercussions of it that we've seen thus far. So um, some people are kind of like, eh, you're on your own, buddy. You know that
0: oath is starting to pull out as more bad than good as That's, we're getting further along. You know
2: when it yeah. was first sworn, it was remember, Galadriel was like, oh, nope, I'm out. <laughs> A dude
0: basically disappeared because of it because mm-hmm. his passion and fury was so hot.
2: Yep, just disintegrated into nothing. Yeah, um, like
1: like a candle in the wind.
2: Like a candle in the wind.
1: Exactly. Ba bye, bye, <laughs> Granted, that's five thousand candles. That's in. Yeah, five thousand.
2: Although you, one could say that Feanor burned with the light of five thousand candles in the wind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that
1: be hot. That, that was a good chance since we did not preface this at the beginning to say this is a short episode because we're only doing one chapter because the yep. next chapter is forty pages. Because
2: uh, yeah, the the tale of. Turin and everything that goes down in that uh, definitely merits its own uh, episode. Also, I need to
0: reread it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very it crazy. It's very
2: dense. But for now, we'll just talk about a great big battle. So yeah. Um, What's this battle called again? The,
1: the it's, it's called. The devil,
2: uh, of it it's called Nirnaeth Oh wait, I know. I want. I want Chase to yeah, try. Yeah.
1: To well, yeah. I need. I, need, <laughs> I, I Forgot Can to read my chase book. Yeah, know. go
0: ahead. Yeah,
2: yes. I want Chase to pronounce it.
0: Uh huh. No. <laughs> I just kind of had to look at it on the book. I didn't have to say it out loud. Nernieth Arndiad. <laughs> I just kind of went bad up on that one.
2: Pretty close, yeah. Um, so, and again, I, I do not pretend to actually be able to speak Elvish, but I think it's Nerniath Arnoediad.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, which uh, we will learn is called the Battle of Unnumbered Tears. Um, yeah. So, Medros does get quite a large army to join him um, however we learn you know, right away that he was a little foolhardy and decided to start his uh, assault a little too soon um, they did manage to drive the orcs out of northern Beleriand but in so doing uh, Morgoth caught wind of it and so now knows that The Sons of Feanor are again trying to... um, do
0: that thing again. Fight
2: against him. So now he's gathering his spies again and um, sending them forth.
0: Now, quick question. Before we get too deep into the battle and stuff like that and the spies, the Silmaril, where is it at again?
1: Bingle has 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 it, it. And
0: there's actually even a line that's like... Where Thingol is like.
1: Surprise, surprise, Thingol is driven mad with the lust. Yeah. Barred. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's, it's another pretty thing. It's a pretty shiny thing, doing horrible things to people. In Why this don't world. they
1: just, yeah. like, found the Smithsonian already? <laughs>
2: and put them. This belongs in a museum. Thanor's <laughs> idea um. of, like, a lead-lined
0: <laughs> vault in the middle of the earth was a good idea. But yeah, the yeah. Valerion Jones.
2: Thingol was actually one who who decided he was not going to um, join in Maedros' great army because he, you know, still. Maedros and his brothers were demanding that Thingol hand the Silmaril over, and yeah. Thingol doesn't want to, and, and he lost for it. Well, And
1: in this weird way, he does feel a little bit of, like, loyalty now to Baron. Yes. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yes. Man, he did the thing I asked him to. The boy's pretty good, <laughs> you know?
1: Yep. So,
2: yeah. So he doesn't want to hand it over. And, yeah. I, I, I've said it before. I'll say it now. I'll probably say it again. Uh, we learn something very valuable from Tolkien, and it is not to be covetous of <laughs> shiny things. <laughs> no, they're... No,
1: all that glitters is not gold.
2: Yep. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Maedros is... Uh, now we, we get kind of a, a layout of what Maedros' plan is to attack against Morgoth, and we kind of see, like, you know, Tolkien's knowledge of battle strategies once again coming forth. Um, so, he...
1: Yeah, I was having some flashbacks to Hannibal here, <laughs> the the military strategist slash yeah. Carthaginian general, not the uh, mm-hmm. critically acclaimed NBC Brian Fuller series. Well,
2: and we must remember, too, that Tolkien was in the trenches during World War One, and um, so he was gonna- a lot of the battle stuff is kind of influenced by the horrors that he saw.
0: No, no, never mind. Don't I was... I was just... Uh, my, I had brain fart. Sorry. <laughs>
2: Um, So yeah, so Maedros is uh, planning to attack Angband from the east and the west, um, and hopefully draw out the armies of Morgoth, and then have Fingon come through the passes of Hithlum and, uh, you know, beat back the armies of Morgoth.
0: You've got team coming in from the sides, Mm -hmm. and then team coming up right through the middle for the full frontal assault. and right. So they're basically taking on and they're basically making a pocket around it.
1: Right. They're blocking
0: it in. Right. So. I mean,
1: this is this is kind of the opposite of what um. Oh dang it, dang it, dang it! Scipio was no, no, Scipio was the guy, the Roman general whose name I can't remember, which is really embarrassing because you I'm, should know that <laughs> because I should definitely know this because degrees. But anyway, uh, the Battle of Cannae, the greatest military. Oh in yeah, history. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the opposite of because the Romans they're like oh. The Carthaginian line is, like, weak, so they focused all of their forces in the middle Mm -hmm. so they could try and break through, and what happened instead is that Hannibal was like, oh, well, well, let's just surround them instead. (laughs) And this is kind of, like, kind of the opposite of that strategy, because they're like, oh, let's surround it, but then the weak point is where where Moira then just kind of...
0: Well, and for the most part, it seems like it seems like out of all the battles we've seen so far... This one kinda seems like right off the bat for me, I mean, even though like there's this like talk of like spies, and this is me as I'm reading it, everything seemed a little bit more like this could this could do it. This right. could do it. Right. We might be able to, you know, take down Morgoth and take down his team.
1: Well that's because Morgoth also is very calculated about yeah. it. because he, he he has this 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 some some men on his side and he has the men join the battle with the elves, and then at the key moment, they turn and and then they don't actually attack the elves, they attack the men, and mm-hmm. it says in true Morgothian, more is that the Morgothic? Morgothian! <laughs> <laughs> oh. What's up more there? More in, in true Morgothic form, <laughs> he had men killing men. Mm-hmm. And yeah.
2: But that's, yeah, a uh, little to come later. Yeah. Um, so, so things at first are looking pretty good, um, but then Fingon... Uh, kind of sees this black cloud coming out uh, from towards Thangorodrim. And uh, so now, you know, Morgoth clearly knows that he's being challenged once again. Um, and Fingon is starting to get a little worried. Um, but then, happily, here comes Turgon from Gondolin with 10,000 oh. people, which we hadn't uh, expected before. It wasn't going to happen. Uh, but so now Turgon's like, okay, yeah. Uh, this is happening. Yeah, Um, and they have this great call which I love. Um, Oh yeah, the call was yeah. Turgon is yelling, "The day has come," and then all of his men answer, "The night is passing."
0: Night is passing.
2: Um, Which is something else. I could
0: just I could just imagine that the day has come. Behold, Mm -hmm. people of the Eldar and fathers of men, and the day has come. And they cry, and the night is passing. I could just imagine that like thousands of people shouting that
2: is really great at, uh, making these grand war speeches from these captains, you know, that can inspire their men to go into battle. It's really great. Yeah.
1: It actually, it, it reminds me of, um, of, of, this historical quote by Frederick the Great, uh, when his soldiers were fleeing at a, a battle, he, he yelled at them, you cursed rascals, do you want to live forever? <laughs>
2: That's pretty inspiring.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, they riff on it and, and um, Starship Troopers. Starship and troopers. troopers. Yeah. Come on, you dogs! You want to live forever? forever? Yeah. I don't know. I guess just like given the association of like day and night, I digress. That's like awful. But then, they,
0: but then they, but then now, is when they meet the forces of Morgoth, right?
2: Right. Um, and so Morgoth is you know sending out armies towards Hithlum now. Um, and the Noldor there are wanting to fight back against it, but Hurin, who is, um, one of the men from the house of, ha- uh, Hedor, right? Yep. Um, is speaking against fighting. He's like, no, no, wait, this is not the plan. We have to wait.
0: Hold off, hold off.
2: And so now the captain of Morgoth has been told to draw out King Fingon. Um, so he sends out some riders to parley with him.
0: Yeah, that, that was weird.
2: Yeah. And they bring out um, an elf named Gelmir, the son of Gwilin, who was the lord of Nargothrond and had been captured in one of those previous yeah, battles yeah, we had yeah. read about, the
1: Bragalach. Sorry, was it was it Huron we were talking mm-hmm. about? Okay, uh, Hurin is the son of Galdor and Hereth, uh, of H- and Galdor is the son of Hador. Yeah, the and house of Hador. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he is the father of Turin and Nienor. Yes. Thank you to these handy genealogical <laughs> mm-hmm. charts on the back. <laughs>
2: um, So, they, they they bring out this elf that they had captured from this last battle, and they say to Fingon uh, and company that, hey, we have more people that we've captured, um, and we're going to keep doing this. And then they cut off his hands and feet and head uh-huh. in front of them and just leave him there, you know, as, like, you know...
0: All right, we're out. Oh, party.
2: God. He Ugh. has a
1: cute... Nickname now Torso Boy mm, No mm. <laughs> Thank you, Weird So then
2: uh, his brother Gwyndor saw this And there's another really great description um, You know, when we, we see this a lot And we've seen it a lot throughout the Silmarillion With um, someone being sort of driven to madness by wrath Yeah, uh, and it's perpetuating it, Yeah, and it gives them this great Power and force that they use and uh, draw upon that to do these great uh, acts of heroism. So Gwyndor, uh, it says, uh, now his wrath was kindled to madness.
1: Have you read the Toyn Bokuli?
2: Yes, the ancient Irish. Yeah. yeah, it
1: reminds me of the like the description of Cuchulain when he's like right becomes like this like tornado of of, of
2: exactly. Fight. It's these great. These great, you know, warriors That become, like, superhuman In their wrath and fury And then are able to do great deeds of uh, You know, heroic deeds on, on the battlefield Yes So now For the uh, most
0: part, that's when that's when stuff kicks off
2: Right, so now, um, you know, the Noldor are all ablaze With their wrath and following Gwyndor And Fingon sends the people forth from Hithlam. And then, again, the the description of this is just great. It says, The light of the drawing of the swords of the Noldor was like a fire in the field of reeds, and so fell and swift was their onset that almost the designs of Morgoth went astray. Awesome. Before the army that he sent westward could be strengthened, it was swept away, and the banners of Fingon passed over on Falglith and were raised before the walls of Angban. So they've pushed all the way to Morgoth's very tower now.
0: And then even, like... I love this one right here. This is briefly, but... Uh, Angbon and Morgoth trembled upon his deep throne, hearing them beat upon his doors. Yes. That, that's... Dude's having a hard time already. Yes. You know, getting up and getting around. And now, and now it's like... I just... He, he had this brief moment where he was like, Oh, this might not work. Oh, no. Oh, no.
1: I'm, I'm imagining the bunker scene from Der Untergang*. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, so, yeah, you know, this this is enough force that has come to Anwan now to make, you know, Morgoth trembling in his boots. Um, however, all of this army were... Ended up... were killed, except for Gwyndor. Um, and Fingon... Was you know coming to help but couldn't actually Reach them because Morgoth had sent Secret armies through these secret tunnels To come up oh, and course. ambush them Because again <laughs> Morgoth is always one step ahead right And so This uh, war we're Now is uh, Named uh, the beginning of Nirnaeth Arnoediad, which in Sindarin means unnumbered tears," Um Because as we're told Uh in the text for no song or tale can contain all its grief so yeah lots of bad stuff's gonna happen
0: <laughs> meaning and we've already had a, a group of uh, uh, basically a whole army get slaughtered right right then
2: yeah right then and there um, so they're all fighting Fingon has to retreat Haldir is killed most of the men of Brethil who had come to help were killed um,
0: there was, orcs. like, a weird, like, calling in this chapter where I was like, a lot of characters that seem probably just, have been stuck around are just, they're dead, they're dead now. M-
2: Moan down, yep. <laughs> um, orcs are surrounding uh, the army from Hithlam, and, you know, Turgon comes with the people from Gondolin, so that brings some hope, and then we hear the trumpets of Madros. And finally. so now here's finally several days later. Several days later. What's late, up, guys? We have yeah, we have the people from Gondolin and and more
1: uh, people. So my so question is, it says word reached Gondolin, but how?
2: Sending messengers. But people don't know where Gondolin is. It, it the reaches, eagles do. Yeah. The, <laughs> maybe, well, <I> don't know. <laughs> it it reaches the the messengers.
0: Maybe maybe the elves have like some. Weird way of communicating that we've not heard discussed about, maybe
1: like the Palantir. M-
0: maybe something along or, those lines, or, or
1: maybe, th- maybe like the the have um, just like periodic scouts and or heralds, and somebody bumped into one.
0: Maybe I don't know, but definitely, I mean, and also this battle probably lasted like what?
1: Gondoladrim. Uh, like <laughs> <other. laughs> Gondoli- I like gondolonians
0: But this battle's already. This battle's long, probably lasted long enough that something, like, some word, would come up and, like, someone's coming up to Gondolin saying, Hey, it's really bad there! <laughs> they need help! Oh my god, someone got their hands and their head cut off! Like, you know, it was... We
2: need to get there. So now, with, you know, with the help of Gondolin and with Maedros and with all of the fury of uh, of Gwyndor and everything, um... We're told, he, in the text, like you were saying earlier, they could have won the battle, um, but Morgoth then lets his, like, last final reserve of orcs go, and uh, also sends wolves and Balrogs and dragons, including Glaurung.
0: Yeah, the the, the, this the, is, the weird God, the bit king of dragons of sorts. Yes. And, and
1: this is the point where, like, the, the men turn.
2: Yeah, because... And he sends out all these, you know, nasty beasties and everything. But it's not due to that. It's due to the treachery of man. Yet
0: neither by wolf, nor by Balrog, nor by dragon would Morgoth have achieved his end, but for not the treachery of men.
2: Exactly. So, here we have some men who... Remember, earlier... Morgoth had kind of started trying to pull some of the men into his favor.
0: But they were a little too strong-willed at the time.
2: Yeah. So now we're seeing some of some of the peop- the men who he had been, you know, seducing before have turned over. So we have Ulfang's betrayal of uh, the armies and a lot of
0: Easterlings. Yeah, the Easterlings. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, they join forces with Morgoth and attack Maedros and his people. And um, they're Madros and his people are wounded, but they're not killed, and they manage to escape. Um, but thanks to the treachery of man, we've lost the battle, or we're we're great guys. We're not gonna win this. Great, battle.
0: we had a shot.
1: Great, and now we don't.
0: we got to pull that crown yeah. from Morgoth and told him he was balding. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it's going. Tolkien
1: really loves to write battles or things are like they're going on and like. There's like slow progress, slow progress, slow progress. And then all of a sudden, just, some, some, some army hits just comes something. out of nowhere and everything just yeah. ends in a, in, a, in a hard. Wait, break. was this whole thing happening like over
0: the course of a week? I can't tell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so then, yeah, we, we do get a little, a, a few mentions of dwarves in here, like you had said earlier. So there were some of the dwarves that would come from Belagrost. And they were actually the last ones still fighting against Morgoth at this point, And, you know, holding their own. But then they're sort of king-ish, um, whose name was, uh, Azaghal, um, was c- sort of mortally wounded, but managed to stab Glaurung enough to make him f- go running away.
0: That's, uh, the, that's the dragon, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
2: With his tail between his wings. There's um, a lot of G
0: words floating through here, so <laughs> I kind of got a little confused, but yeah, that's the dragon. Uh, and around this point, too, is when, like, Torgon and Fingon were fighting off the big high-captain Belrog. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who was... For some reason, there's a lot of, like, description stuff with that uh, character that I found interesting. Mm-hmm. Just because i just trying to remember... I'm tr- Okay, I have a loose image of Balrogs from Lord of the Rings, because mm-hmm. we see one of them there. And just imagining, like, a high-captain of that seems... Ridiculous. Yeah, like does he brain. have
2: does he have bigger horns than the others or is he bigger? You know, you know it's you know. like Pro- probably is. I
1: kind, of, I kind of like this idea of of, of the, the Balrogs being something that while they have a corporeal form, it's something we can't see because they're always shrouded in like mm-hmm. smoke. Yeah,
2: smoke and flame. Yeah.
0: And it was and he and basically like Fingon is fighting this thing, uh, Gothmog.
1: Gothmog. Gothmog. Yes. <laughs> Great. Name. Then, it sounds like a Swedish metal band.
0: Well, it reminds me of like there's elements of um, there's elements of this game Shadows of Mordor which I think kind of started all this. Yeah. Where you'll encounter I swear to I swear one of those orcs that you fight was named Gothmog or something along those lines.
2: That's entirely possible. And yeah. and there's
0: like chanting and what's great about the game is there's this great chanting where people are like so I just imagine this chanting like Gothmog, Gothmog, <laughs> all these orcs around him. But but then Gothmog did this which is one of my favorite parts of the favorite, it's not my favorite part, but it's my favorite like, bit of written word word here, but um, Mm -hmm. then Gothmog hewed him with his black axe and a white flame sprang up from the helm of Fingon as it was cloven. Thus fell the high king of the Noldor and they beat him into the dust with their maces and his banner, blue and silver they trod into the mire of his blood. That is gonna give me nightmares. Like that yeah. got, ooh, that that hit me deep. It reminds me of the Terrifying.
1: scene in that French movie Irreversible where there's a nightclub fight and this guy beats this other guy's face in with a fire extinguisher mm-hmm. and it's all in one single cut. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Some well and here like the white the white flame spraying up from like I'm just imagining like it, it's just a crazy image. Like did his just like head just pop like in a flame. Ugh. <laughs>
2: Well, this is another, you know, Fingon uh, at this point was, like, high king of the Noldor, and, uh, again, one of these, like, all-powerful, super-duper super-elves. So, yeah, they all have these, like, spectacular death scenes where things like this happen, whether they, you know, evaporate into ash like Feanor or...
0: (laughs) Or their heads explode. Or
2: their heads explode like Fingon. Um, But, yeah, that's so the deaths are piling up more and more
0: turgon's like I don't know about this anymore guys let's <laughs> if this keeps going Gondolin will be like not hidden anymore and, and we'll we fall. can't have that no.
1: so for some reason when you said like super elf I started casting various like members of like the G20 and my head is elves, <laughs> and I think my favorite is Angela Merk elf <laughs> <laughs> but I digress oh Lord.
2: <laughs> So, so, yeah, so now, you know, the field around Angband is sort of rega- regained by the forces of Morgoth.
0: And a lake of blood. And a lake of point. blood,
2: yeah. Um, but we still have the Pass of Sirion, and so now we move to uh, this exchange between Hurin and Huar um, from the House of Hador and Turgon. And, yeah, so Hurin is telling Turgon to leave because, uh, you know, he's like, the last great hope of the Eldar.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, And Gondolin still needs to stand, because it's sort of the last stand against Morgoth now. Um,
1: And then Turgon knows by this point that Gondolin's days are numbered.
2: Yeah. And he, you know, he's like, well, it's, it's, there's no way it can still be hidden. Uh, much longer Morgoth's going to find it and uh, you know once it gets discovered then it can't remain anymore because that was the whole point of the city was for it to be this hidden stronghold um, but then Huar says you know um, you really should go back he says, so he says yet if it stands but a little while then out of your house shall come the hope of elves and men this I say to you lord with the eyes of death Though we part here forever, and I shall not look on your white walls again, from you and from me a new star shall arise. Farewell. So he's like they're urging Turgon to go back to Gondolin because eventually, you know, some great hero will arise from there.
0: I mean, to be to be fair the way this battle plays out... I mean, we were talking about World War One mm-hmm. and the bloodshed that comes from that. I mean, I'm also, like, given, like, images of, like, the bloodshed of, like, Gettysburg or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. The imaging that, like... Not only are the elves taking a beating, we're we're also... The elves are giving a beating as well, mm-hmm. and the orcs are being basically slaughtered. Mm-hmm. I, f- I imagine that, I mean, the, w- the way it was described in one part that, like... the 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 forces of orcs that were upon the elves was like triple that of their forces yeah and they're still like mowing them down i mean they're pushing back hard but they're mowing them down got a feeling that the orcs numbers right now are dwindling they gotta be dwindling at this point i mean i mean we have a dragon who's being scared off like Mm so
2: yeah both sides are being so there's
0: there's some element to that idea of yeah, we're lost this fight, but we might actually win them in the future. Like, we're gonna lose this battle, but we might but win we the might war. we might win the war.
2: Yeah. So Gondolin still needs to stand. Um, so Turgon agrees, and he he you know retakes all of his men that he'd brought from Gondolin, and as many of the remnants of Fingon's people that he can, and they go they retreat. Um. And Turgon escapes with the help of Curran and Huar, who are still fighting behind him, um, sort of like you know, protecting those people as they go back. Um, and then it finally comes to, so Huar is killed by, uh, by an arrow pierced to the eye, which is quite ah, awesome. Yeah. Um, and you know, all of his men are killed. Um, and the orcs, there's this, uh, an- another just, you know, nasty, nasty description here. It says that the orcs hewed their heads and piled them as a mound of gold in the sunset. Um, so now you have, uh, just a pile of man heads. Um,
0: and actually coming up here is one of my favorite bits from this entire part we read. Um, but last fall, Hurin Mm -hmm. stood alone. Then he cast aside his shield and wielded an ax two handed. And it was sung that this ax smoked in the black blood of the troll guard of Gothmog until it withered. And each time that he slew Huron cried, I'm not even going to try and announce that. But <laughs> they shall come again. The yeah. <laughs> they shall come again. Seventy times he uttered that cry, but they took him at last
1: alive. I'm sorry, but that is the most D&D passage. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this comes from me. Uh, oh, my God, I forgot my character's name.
0: It's some Dark Souls stuff, too. <laughs> oh,
1: I'm having this identity crisis because I can't remember the name of my. Half elf bard,
0: <laughs> man, I want to play D anD D now. I just, I just, it just hit me. You
2: have <laughs> lost so many XP just now.
1: <laughs> uh, we let our campaign die. But
2: yeah, so so now they've captured in and are yeah. taking him to Ongbon.
0: Dragged him to Ongbon with mockery.
2: Right. So now, now we uh, have sort of what what to comes Klosnip. to To Quasnip.
0: The half elf bard. Oh, to, oh wow! Some name.
2: That is some name. Um, So now we have uh, this description of sort of Morgoth's triumph that results from all of this. Um, And again, you know, like we saw earlier that he had managed to turn man against man. Um, So, uh, yeah, this passage here is pretty great. His design was accomplished in a manner after his own heart. (laughs) Which... In a manner after Morgoth's own heart. Black and pretty, sad. Pretty bad. just, yeah, horrible. For men took the lives of men and betrayed the Eldar, and fear and hatred were aroused among those that should have been united against him. From that day the hearts of the elves were estranged from men, save only those of the three houses of the Edain. And,
0: and when I read that line, suddenly a lot of stuff made sense, knowing where a lot of stuff kind of ends up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the split. Yeah. That's the split. That's why everything, from a political standpoint, Middle-earth, Around the Third Age, right? Right. Is so weird and disconnected is because people are still feeling this, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: And especially the elves. Because um, they are lived forever. Because, yeah. They could
0: live forever. They've
2: experienced the whole thing from the Spring of Arda through all of this, you know, the fall of, um, or the uh, Morgoth entering into Beleriand and ruining everything this and... Is- Managing to ter- turn men against them This
1: is why Galadriel is like an important figure Yeah Yeah, she's, Because
2: she's seen all of it. She's this.
1: basically like a day zero elf mm-hmm. like, She's like one of the few isn't she?
0: Who makes it that long? Yes Okay
1: mm-hmm. That's why her leaving Middle-earth is like such a BFD Yeah
2: um, So now um,
0: Orcs are running all across this land Right
2: The orcs are kind of free to run amok where they shouldn't <laughs> they go into the north and some further south into Beleriand um,
1: actually I should say she's not a daisy elf because she is Feanor's half niece. oh right
0: okay <laughs> she's but, still seeking all the stuff yeah
2: but as close to one as we're going to get um, and Morgoth uh, sends ar- his armies everywhere and is seeking things out Doriath and Nargothrond are still hidden but Morgoth isn't thinking about those places so much um, uh, a lot of people have kind of Fled into the havens um, But Morgoth sends armies there And uh, Then We have uh, the, the Gilgalad the son of Fingon um, Manages to get Círdan to Make a refuge there And build some ships so that they can sail Into the west But then all of those people died yeah. Except Ulmo had saved one of them Um, and sent him to Nevrest. And this uh, was one of Turgon's messengers from Gondolin. So this is one person who knows how to get to Gondolin. Um, Might be important later.
0: So, I mean, Morgoth has won. He has essentially won this. He's won this. But something is left that I really, really like that's said right there about Morgoth and Turgon's relationship of sorts. Mm -hmm. Now, the thought of Morgoth, well, ever upon Turgon, for Torgon had escaped him of all his foes that one whom he most desired to take or to destroy and that thought troubled him. You know. Right. That's he, he, he the dude the dude has won a big battle and he's still like but I didn't get that guy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah.
2: he, and he also uh, he, he was really afraid of Torgon because yeah. he had seen him even when they were in Valinor and um, And he uh, he had he had this sort of like foreboding, foreshadowing thoughts about Turgon even back then that he would, um, you know, give him give trouble to him. So uh, meanwhile, remember that Hurin had been captured after he had uh, helped um, Turgon to escape, and so they bring him to Morgoth, and Hurin is kind of mocking him and uh, being a loudmouth and. So Morgoth now curses him and Morwen and their children. And, um, he curses their whole clan yeah. and, and every everything that will come after them. And he,
0: uh... I don't know if we need more curses running around, but okay.
2: We, yeah, we've got, we've got a, a fair number of them, but we're going to get more. Um... But so
1: also, na- seems like kind of unnecessary, like, you're standing before Morgoth, you're his prisoner, and Morgoth is like, oh, yeah, well, I'm gonna curse you.
2: <laughs>
0: great, do it, whatever. <laughs> well,
2: he's cursing his whole house, though, no, so, He is know. cursing everything. <laughs> um.
1: I mean, this is,
0: but, the thing that, that happens to this guy is, like, one of the most, like, morbid things. Yeah. Of this story, it's so far. It's pretty
2: horrible. Yeah, Morgoth basically sets him on this great chair on top of, uh, Thangorodrim, and sort of binds him to it, so he can never leave. And he says, uh... Um so uh, there he was bound by the power of Morgoth and Morgoth standing beside him cursed him again and he said sit now there and look out upon the lands where evil and despair shall come upon those whom thou lovest thou hast dared to mock me and to question the power of Melkor master of the fates of Arda therefore with my eyes thou shalt see and with my ears thou shalt hear and never shalt thou move from this place until all is fulfilled unto its bitter end
0: But he so then give up
2: Yep. After all that,
0: he still did not give it up.
2: Yep. Um, so that's pretty, pretty intense.
1: <laughs> pretty sucky.
2: Um, so Hurin is now, you know, lost to his people and his family. He's um, forced to sit and just watch over all of the evil that's happening in his land, and he sees the whole thing.
0: And the last bleak. The bleak 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 into this story is the mound of bodies made by morgoth's Mm -hmm. people to the mounds of bodies and weapons and stuff and but 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 what's interesting was no 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 okay it's kind of bleak and then it has this like nice like surprise little like slightly like interesting twist to it Mm -hmm. whereas the they mount up this massive body and it's so massive that it, like, people can see it for miles. Yeah. People can great. see it everywhere. It's, like, this massive, like, curse to elves sort of thing of, like, look, like, a monument to look at how you failed. but but eventually grass overtakes it, mm-hmm. and it's, like, the one spot in this area where grass overtakes. That's pretty interesting, and another element of, like, Tolkien doing something really dark and really bleak, but then, like, nice, like, ha- like there's something, w- like, not necessarily great but just enough of it, like going, yeah. But all was not totally lost, or mm. it wasn't completely messed up, and it wasn't like, like you know, in, in almost a way that like the earth itself knows that 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 these elves went through a lot with this, mm-hmm. and so they're like covering up, uh, covering up their suffering, yeah. and saying like, no, you're still part of this earth, and Morgoth may still cannot beat the earth, or something like that. He can't can't beat. In the end, he's gonna fail. Kind of thing. Yeah. it's a, it's, a, it's there's a lot of symbolism in that part to me.
2: Oh yeah. You see you see a, a lot of that between so you know the the sort of evil forces in in Middle Earth um, are constantly bringing like this black smog smoke um, you know barfing. barren wasteland <laughs> yeah barfing uh, scars smoke upon if you're scars Ungoliant, you know um, and then there you know so that's always sort of at war with. Things that grow and live and prosper and thrive, and things become beautiful and green. And so, yeah, it's uh, even after you have this great battle where so many important lives are lost, and you know, we could have defeated Morgoth, but alas, he is sneaky and conniving and you know, has secret tunnels where he can send armies through them and and was Um, able to
0: get. Able to p- push all of men's right buttons
1: the, yeah, and
2: yeah, able to fi- twist, finally did that, twist yeah. men to his favor. Um, we still can manage to regain some of that dark, barren wasteland by, um, oh, that you know, grass is going to grow up on, on over the graves of these, um,
0: well, it's like more like growing on this defiled mountain, yeah. like this kind of like yeah. gigantic middle finger to the elves, yeah, and then like kind of like covering that up,
2: right, then, exactly.
1: You- and several hundred years we'll build a subdivision and a child will get sucked into her closet. So
2: um, that's how polter poltergeist happened. Take over. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now now this this mound I imagine still exists within the future of Middle Earth almost like. This could be like a, like a, like a something someone could stumble upon and be like, Hey, what happened here? Oh, this yeah. was
2: yeah, this was the Battle of Unnumbered Tears. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It gets translated throughout the years, and it just gets distilled to it's like, tier, like it like becomes like tier unnumbered or tier <laughs> t- numbers of tiers, and it's like, oh, okay, we didn't, so we know from now on.
1: But infinity, <laughs>
2: infinity. Oh lord!
0: I'm glad we just talked about this chapter and gave it some time because it was rough. It was yeah. rough. It was rough going through that whole thing.
2: Yeah, it is pretty. This is a bloody intense battle.
0: Enough, I, I have read what comes next and I know it's kind of happening next and it's weird. <laughs>
2: oh yeah. We will see more epic battle moments. I swear to God,
0: though, when I was reading this chapter, I kind of got excited because I was like, are we going to finally get the end of Mort? Oh. Um... <laughs> No. We, s- we still
1: have a couple chapters to go. <laughs> I've,
0: I'm, I, I'm at this point thinking, I think he's still around, and, like, Anbond is still around somewhere. So, how
1: do you think Morgoth <laughs> is going to, to like. Connect?
0: I don't now at this point. Like, I really don't. I think all of his forces will be killed, but he'll just be still. Just be under, underground yeah. in
2: the fortress of Anbon <laughs>
0: Crying because his head hurts. Because, you know,
1: when you're reading or watching, as it may be, Lord of the Rings for the first time, and you're like, oh, Frodo's going to, like, you know, chuck the ring in there, and then. What actually happens is, you know, yeah. Gollum, spoiler alert, bites off Frodo's finger and then, yeah. a- like, trips and falls into the volcano. And you're like, well, that is not what I was expecting. Gollum no,
0: that's true. Gollum destroys the ring.
1: <laughs> but well,
0: I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to expect is going to happen with Morgoth. In fact, I mean, I still think he, in many ways, will... I mean... The, the fact there is this thing, Melkor and Morgoth, like all that stuff is like news to me about this world because I always thought Sauron was the more important one, but I don't know. It looks like. <laughs> I, I, well, and
1: as it turns out, like, the Lord of the Rings is really kind of insignificant in comparison. I know, right? Like it kind of is
0: It really is It's like, like After all this stuff I'm like wow That was a it's, very small Chunk of the yeah, story Yeah,
2: like this was You know there was, there was evil In the world Far it before It
1: would <laughs> like Growing up Thinking that the Like the Vietnam War Was the defining Conflict of the 20th century Yeah exactly
0: mm-hmm. I mean it's It's that kind of Element of stuff Of like, like this I mean it's very In a weird way This story Has been very Like almost Un-Western Storytelling in a way Where it's more It reminds me more Of like this like everything's about a cycle. Like, mm-hmm. This is a cycle It's just going to keep going. And, like, the elves may have had per- some weird perspective of that where men don't. But, you know, it's going to get bad and it's going to get good again. And then it's going to get bad again and it's going to get good again. And it's going to keep going 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 and going on. Mm-hmm. Where you don't really get that in just Lord of the Rings, but you definitely get that in reading this. So it's very interesting. hmm I probably have said that before on here.
2: Well, yeah. we You know, we've seen that a couple times through... Um,
0: characters being repeated. Yeah, characters yeah. coming back.
2: And... Or-
1: and Being chopped off. Hands being chopped Mm
0: off. (laughs) Tolkien he has a thing for limbs getting chopped off, I've noticed.
1: Yeah. Well, medical technology ain't what it is. (laughs) Actually, which brings me to, like, this other point of, like, minor issue I have, which has since been resolved, but, like, you know, we go through several thousands of years of society in which we're kind of in this technological stasis. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, if you look at that, you know, you take... 10,000 years, that's the period from the invention of agriculture, from man landing on the moon. Like, we basically have covered about 10,000 years, a little less, but by the time we get to Lord of the Rings, and they're basically the same society they were at the beginning, but it's, it, like, I think that the, the the answer to that is the fact that the elves are themselves static.
0: I was about to say that. I think the elves are the answer to that question.
1: And it's not really until, you know, A truly does become like the the... the, the 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 ward of men that technology really starts to become important.
0: Then I get rocket ships and microchips and
1: and Twinkies. They they blast off and they land on the moon and they're like, "Oh hey, are you still in love with the sun?" I want okay.
0: This is probably fan fiction somewhere, but I really do just want like a brief story that is like. I mean, I know it's supposed to be like the lost history of Earth and all that, but it'd be funny like. Almost like if like that history was never lost, uh, like and a,
1: a post history of Middle Earth. Well, like it's
0: like it's like what would be like the equivalent of twenty fifteen there in that universe. <laughs> <And> it's <laughs> like with all this like el- like elves are like on the fringe and people kind of know about them or something like that. That's just me kind of always wanted to see a mid like a fantasy storyline that take place now and not necessarily like with so, all the medieval I mean, tropes and stuff. But now, so the Dragon
1: Riders of Pern.
0: I don't know what that is. You
2: know what? That's that's an entirely different discussion. <laughs> Anne McCaffrey. Yeah, Anne McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Anne McCaffrey. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: So it's about these dragon riders uh, who, as it turns out, it is not a fantasy because they 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 settled on a planet, but the planet had this weird like like poisonous ash falling from the sky. So they genetically engineered dragons that they flew around to like burn the ash up, and then they discarded all technology and lived a simple life. Yep. So we went to another planet. Okay,
0: that's not exactly what I'm talking about, but that sounds cool.
1: <laughs> Genetically engineered dragons then gave up technology.
2: But back to the Silmarillion. Uh, <laughs> yes. What was uh, what was the uh, part of today's reading that stuck out with you? It's probably
0: Gothmog and then like the the like Huron killing everybody. Okay, it was pretty cool. Is
1: mm-hmm. it Huron? Huron. That's a lake (laughs) Oh, Huron Yeah
0: Huron, my bad (laughs) Again, I see these words I kind of go batter (laughs) up in my brain Mine, well, mine,
1: was like the three sentence, like like apple or post log, postscript, epilogue. Is that the right word I'm looking for? My brain is not in my <laughs> body today. The the, <laughs> the culmination of the story, story apparently, they're
2: like, oh yeah, that oh, like thing.
1: Oh, yeah. well, here's the end of it, and then horrid
2: death. <laughs> it was yeah, it was like setting us up for oh yeah, we had this great you know epic love story where uh, Elf forsakes her immortality to uh, bring back this man, and now death. (laughs) Um, I don't know what, what was my, what really stuck out with me. I guess it's, um, I, I liked that, so you know, we had the the great treachery of man, right? That, t- yeah. that turned against man. But then we had immediately after that, sort of this redemption from the house of Hador. You have uh, Huron and his brother, you know, helping to get, to um, ensure the dwarf, the, the dwarfs, the elves' um, safe passage back to Gondolin. Um, mm-hmm. So that was like, you know, we have...
1: Yeah.
2: There are still good men.
1: especially <laughs> actually... Uh, in 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 um the two towers movie, you know when the elves like like march to to Helm's Helm's deep deep yeah. and defend themselves, which doesn't that, in that the doesn't book. happen in the book, and it's kind of like I think meant to be kind of a, a an inversion, a nod of this. to yeah, okay, a nod
2: to like the last. It's it's a nod to the old alliance between men and elves, and, and yeah, we'll get to this later, but they, yeah, <laughs> but yeah I it's they so kind of, totally an inversion of this. They kind of reference that. It's like, that's yeah.
0: that's an element of, like, twisting that narrative, but it makes sense yeah. a little
1: bit. All right, well, I'm John. I'm
0: Katie. I'm Chase. Next week, confusion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like how we managed to record a full-length episode about 10 pages.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Talking Talking. You can find more podcasts at WarpZone Network.com. And you can find us on iTunes by just searching for the English class Talking Talking. You can also email us at the Talking Talking at warpzonenetwork.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at just talking talking and find our page. Thank you for listening. Remember this week to toast to the professor.